Welcome to the Jordan and Kristen Rickard Show. The world is falling apart, but you don't have to. Join Jordan and Kristen as they discuss the challenges that face us in our decaying world every day. God has a plan for you to have victory and to be a light in the darkness. As the Bible says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now, here's Jordan and Kristen. All right. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Jordan and Kristen Pray for You. It's good to see you guys. We're going to be talking today about the importance of humility to a relationship. But before we get to that, my lovely wife over here, Kristen, is going to pray for everybody. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we are yours. You've called us by name. You've summoned us for such a time as this. God, I just know that we are just living in such an exciting time. It may be a scary time in our flesh. It may be a scary time in the world and uncertain, but God, you are on the throne and it's exciting because never before has there been such an opportunity to grow close to you, to trust you, to love you, to see miracles, to see revival, to see things happen. So God, we thank you for the time in which we live, Lord. Instead of looking at the world and saying, it's just crumbling right in front of our eyes, Lord. And and maybe our own lives are crumbling at times. God, we look at the situation and say, you are on the throne. God, we praise you with all that we have. And we say that you are bringing beauty from these ashes. You are bringing new life. Just like it's spring outside and we start to see, even though it's still cold where we live, we start to see the little buds, the little hope, just the hope that spring is here. Just the hope, even in the coldness, even in the bitterness of our world, Lord, even in the bitterness of people's hearts, God, even in the bitterness of our own heart. God, we invite you in to make a change. We invite you in to make a movement. God, we invite you in to open up this world for you, God, in the most exciting time in human history, Lord. And I pray that we would just we would just lean on you and focus in and and not fall asleep spiritually, but focus in on you for the great things you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, great prayer. So listen, if you have any specific prayer requests, I know some people have already sent them in, just feel free to write them in the comments section below. If you're watching this on replay, then you know you can write them there also. We'll see them later. But if you want us to, uh, in particular, if you want Kristen to pray for you now, just go ahead and uh, write your prayer requests in the comments section. Uh, before we get to that, I just want to talk very briefly on how to love another person. Because in the last episode we did, we talked about how to love yourself, right? And I've told I've told you in the past how I'm a divorce attorney, and so I see tons and tons of divorces, and I, I really just do sort of marriage autopsies all day long, right? And so I have a pretty good idea right now of at least some of the central problems that I see a lot. And in the last episode, we talked about how difficult it is to love another person if you don't even know how to love yourself or even why to love yourself. And we spoke about really the reason you should be loving yourself is because God loved you first, that he made you in his image. And that by itself should actually be a pretty pretty humbling thought, not a humiliating thought, even though those two words kind of get uh, interchanged, I think, too freely, but a very humbling thought to know that the creator of the universe loves you and values you and has even numbered the hairs in your head. Well, keeping with that theme, 
One of the things that's really necessary to loving another person now is humility. And it's not just because humility gets you outside of yourself and actually thinking about another person, right? Thinking about how you must look through that person's eyes. It's because humility is really necessary for growth. And I'm telling you, in a relationship, every relationship has growth in it. But you're either growing together or you're growing apart. There's no standing still, right? That just doesn't work because life is going to throw more and more things at you and you're going to learn more and more things about each other, okay? You know, you get married maybe when you're young and maybe you don't have much quote-unquote baggage with you when you get married, okay, but now things are going to change. You're going to have mortgage payments. You're going to have jobs and maybe you'll have promotions, but maybe you'll have a tough time at work. Maybe you'll have to move someday. Maybe you're going to have kids. You're going to have family members who get old. Other people need to be taken care of. People will pass away, right? Life throws all kinds of challenges at you. And if you're not actively growing together, then those challenges, even if you're just staying still, are going to cause you to grow apart. Because what's going to happen is without growing, you're not able to create sort of the, the spiritual and mental and emotional muscles, all right, to handle those those new challenges as they come. And what really needs to happen is as you're growing, you and your marriage, you need to grow closer together so that you can withstand those storms. Now, let me explain that the reason I'm doing this message today is because I have had to learn a lot recently personally about humility and in particular sort of its first cousin here, which is asking for forgiveness. Okay. And also giving forgiveness. And I'm going to tell you, I'll give you the details, but I'm going to tell you right now. It's nothing like, you know, committing adultery or looking at dirty pictures or anything like that. It's nothing that's scandalous. Okay. But every person has character defects or areas of growth that as you as you continue to go through life and you ask God to improve you and to bless you, he's going to show these things to you. And I will just tell you that for me, one of the difficulties I was having is that as God was blessing me with more business, for example, and more responsibilities and more people to sort of be in charge of that sort of thing, all right, it was putting a lot of pressure on me. And the way I deal with stress, I learned, is I tend to internalize things. Now, Kristen is very different. <laughs> Kristen uses her power, right? Because stress brings with it a certain energy to it, right? And Kristen uses her energy to be very expressive. She's a naturally very expressive person. And so when she's kind of feeling stressed, and she doesn't really get stressed in the way that some people do, but when she's sort of feeling, you know, life's pressures, she expresses herself outwardly, okay? My thing is when I start to feel pressurized, I use my power to hold everything in, like I'm keeping it together and I'm trying not to show people that I'm under stress because especially when it comes to loved ones, I want them to think of me as being strong and powerful and, and having it all together. And I don't want them to see a moment of weakness. I don't need them to see a, a, a crack because I always want to be impressive to them. I want them to think of me as successful, not somebody who's overwhelmed. And the truth is, look, we all go through times where we just feel like we're being overwhelmed. And that's really what you have to understand. Is that's God actually growing us. Just like when you're lifting weights, you don't get stronger by lifting the same weight over and over and over again. You get stronger by lifting heavier and heavier weights. And so when God wants to bless us, he wants to grow us, he gives, our, gives us heavier weights to lift. And I told Chris and I said, you know, it felt like to me, for the longest time, there wasn't like any one weight on my back, but it was like a thousand one pound weights on my back. Okay. And it just, they just kept piling up. And what would happen, I'll just tell you is we would go see Kristen's family on Sundays. 
right? Saturdays are, you know, we have for ourselves, but Sundays we go up to, we go to church, which is by Kristen's family's house, and we would hang out with, with her family afterwards. And I would bring all of work with me, not literally, I wasn't bringing my laptop, but I was just bringing all this stress with me. And I was, when I was there, I mean, they're a very talkative group, very social, and I was totally disengaged. Not because I was trying to be rude or anything, but just I had so much on my mind. I was so preoccupied and I never really thought much of, of it. But from their perspective, it must have just looked like, you know, I was giving them the silent treatment or I just didn't care or I didn't want to be there or something like that. And it got to the point where Kristen had to speak very sharply to me about how I was behaving. And frankly, if I'm being candid with you, I was being a bit of a brat about it all. And I had, and she, and she, listen, we had a, a car ride home for a good half hour. She really let me have it. Okay. About how I was behaving and in particular, how, how I was treating her family. All right. And I have to tell you that for as, and I, as bad as, as I had been behaving and again, not being like obnoxious, but just really just kind of being, you know, not really there emotionally and just being disengaged. When Kristen was telling me that, and she's pouring her heart out to me and telling me, frankly, how disappointed she was in me, I had two choices right there and then. I could have gotten defensive about it and said, you know what, Kristen, give me a break. You have no idea what I'm going through. You know, I'm working my butt off. I'm paying the mortgage. I'm trying to make everything work. I'm trying to give you everything that you want. You know, I, you know how busy I am at work. I get over 100 emails every day. I'm trying to manage all these different people, all these different clients. Just get, just get off my back for a little bit and just give me, you know, just try to understand. Just give me some grace. Don't you love when Christians tell you to give them grace? Like, <laughs> like they're behaving badly. So, well, you know, can't you, can't you be a little more patient? It's like, yeah, I can be patient, but there's also times for correction. And I use that time instead of talking back, instead of being defensive, just to say, you know what? Kristen's not saying this because she's mean. She's not saying this because she's a nag and she's not trying to get on my case. In fact, if anything, she's been way too indulgent with me. Okay. She's saying these things because she happens to be right. And I know she's right. And so what are my choices here? My choices are to be defensive, which gets me nowhere, or to humble myself, right? Because the humility is what allows me to listen to what she's saying, that I'm wrong and to admit that I'm wrong. And then the key step here is to apologize. And I had to apologize to her. I had to apologize the next day to her mother and the next Sunday, which six days later, by the way, I didn't sleep this week at all. Okay. This was a miserable week for me. I, I stayed up at night and I, you know, Kristen was there and she saw me, she'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be sitting in our bed, you know, upright with my eyes just you know, wide awake and everything. And on Sunday, I just went to her family and, and I apologized and I explained what I had been going through, but I didn't use that as an excuse. Okay. Uh, I just committed to, to from now on leaving all of that extra baggage at home. All right. And just being always in the moment and trying my best really to be myself or to be the best version of myself that I could be. All right. That was it. Now, by the way, in our marriage, I can tell you, both of us have had to apologize to the other for things. And believe me, when, and I'm not going to, you know, again, it's nothing really bad, but in every marriage, there's there's times where you just have to say, you know what, I overreacted, or I apologize, or I misunderstood, whatever, who cares? And I'm telling you that having been in that position where I have had to ask for forgiveness, I am always cognizant now of of being quick to give forgiveness, Okay. Because I know it is not a pleasant place to be when someone is genuinely sorry. And I, I suffered for six days because of this. It was really bad. Okay. When someone is genuinely sorry, it does not in any way advance anybody to hold that over their head. All right. 
And so this is the point I'm trying to make. When I see people getting divorced, you know, yeah, I see the bad things. I see the parts where there's spousal abuse, sure. I see the parts where there's adultery, absolutely. I get that kind of stuff. That's obvious. But what I really see a lot of times is just two kind of not bad people, but stubborn people, okay, who are too proud to admit that they were ever wrong or too proud to even admit that they had areas where they could grow. You know, before I got married, I would ask friends of mine what it's like to be married. And I don't know why, because a lot of these friends never give good advice. So I don't know why <laughs> I was asking it of them. But one of the things they would always say is, well, you know, marriage, you know, it's it's a lot of work. And I realize now that what they were saying was it's a lot of work to try to change another person. Okay. And what they should have been doing is focusing on how to change themselves because changing yourself, you're able to be what the other person needs in the relationship. And that's what really strengthens the relationship. Okay. And that's how you best love another person. You know, it's funny because in the Bible, the Bible actually discusses David as being the person who had a heart after God like none other. And it's a weird thing because David actually did some really awful things in his life. Like you remember him killing Goliath. Okay, that's one thing. But he also actually committed adultery with a married woman and killed her husband in order to do it. Actually killed her husband in order to hide a pregnancy because he had gotten this other guy's wife pregnant. All right. That's a pretty awful thing. And you think, well, that's somebody who, you know, would be kind of on the outs with God and everything like that. Why doesn't God reserve the label, the man who had a heart after God like none other? Why doesn't he reserve that for someone like David? for goodness, excuse me, like uh, for, for Daniel. I mean, you can read all of Daniel. All you see is this person stood up for his faith constantly or Moses or someone like that, right? Or, or you know, we talk about people who walked with God. Why does God reserve that label for David, who is such, who committed awful sins, admittedly? And I don't know that I know the whole answer, but I know this. David, more than anybody else in the Bible, knew how to humble himself. If you read the Psalms, which most of which were written by David, and they're very beautiful. But it is a man who's constantly, constantly, constantly being broken down, who's constantly on his on his last gasp at the end of his rope, and he's constantly on his hands and knees and on his face, and he's saying, God, rescue me. God, I don't deserve it, but God, you're so great. You're so good. Rescue me. And I messed up. God, rescue me. Maybe God loved, maybe God knew that David had a heart up to him like none other because David would plead with God like no other person for his grace and his mercy and his love and his forgiveness. Maybe that's it. Now listen, I'm not saying, guys, I'm not saying go do bad things and then, you know, be humble about it and apologize, right? You should, it, you should avoid to do the bad things in the first place. We have enough character defects that we're just born with, that we just acquire over the course of life, all right, that we don't need to go out of our way to to kind of play the, well, I can do whatever I want because my wife would just give me grace and so will God game. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm simply saying is this, all of us, there's no shame in admitting, there's no shame in admitting when you're wrong. There's no shame in admitting that you've identified an area where you can grow. If anything, that's something you should be happy about, something you should be proud of, because that's how you learn. That's how you improve. That's what opens the door for God to bless you more. That's what opens the door for your marriage to be even more blessed. So that's all I'm saying today, guys. I'm not trying to come down on anybody, but it's simply this. No marriage, no relationship of any kind is going to be very successful without humility. And if you have that in your relationship, then I really believe that you can overcome anything. That's my message for you today. 
I'm going to blow out the microphone. The, the, the best messages I do are the ones where, where God has had to correct me on something. And then I just come <laughs> tell all you guys, don't you start doing that. You know, and I act all holier than everybody. But that's that's a double layer of humility to then relay it to a hundred thousand people. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's that's amazing, and I'm so impressed with you. And I and I know that my family was, and I know for our listeners, that is the thing. The thing sometimes that you feel the image you want to keep up, and and it's kind of ironic when you are humble, even even in a secular standpoint, people really respect that. People really. Um, you know, God has just created us to to want that vulnerability and with each other and have. And I understand that you gotta, um, you know, definitely temper that when I say vulnerability. But really, the humility aspect—you'll never ever go wrong. You will never be put to shame. It's not about shame. It's about humility. Those are two t- entirely different things. You know, the enemy tries to shame us. The Lord wants to give us that humility. That's the irony of it all, is that I was always trying to keep up this image with your family. And I think I'm I'm safe when I say that they never thought higher of me yes. than after my my apology to them. Because, you know, anybody can go out and be financially successful and all that stuff. But, and again, not to brag on myself, because I just told you how badly I messed up. But I think that showed character. And yes. I think that's what character is, you know, you don't have to be talented to have it. You don't have to be wealthy or anything like that. And everybody can, can have character. And, and that's really the, what I, what I should have been showing the whole time, I think. Yeah. It's, it's so, so good that you say all that. And I love when you talk about David, the connection there, that was so good because I, (laughs) you'll appreciate this, Jordan. Jordan is a great husband, as you know, and I just, I love to dance. And he ah. recently, for me, and he'll dance, you know, in private, but for what? me, <laughs> for me, when I say he dances in private, like for the two of us together, <laughs> but for me, he went and took a ballroom dancing class with other people. And I was just thinking Yay. of of David. And I know David was kind of artsy with the harp and the singing, but you think about that scene when he's dancing before the Lord and um, he says, I will even be more undignified than this. And I have a feeling it wasn't like a Vietnamese waltz or something. He was just dancing before well, the Lord. That's a good connection, actually. I never, I never really thought about that because... You're right. It goes to the same humility thing. Like David had no pride really when it came when it came to his relationship with God. Yeah, he was like, I don't care if I look silly, stupid, whatever you want to call it in front of other people, if people think that, if they perceive that of me. And I think that that's so important as a person. I think that's a, it doesn't matter what your personality is. Everyone wants to convey an image. Look at how social media has just amped that up of the filters in every single way of conveying an image and the gap of the reality. We see that more and more, and that could be a whole different sermon. But I'm just saying that humility is so important. It's focusing on God because God says, you know, he will raise you up when you're humble before him. And I'm just so proud of you mm. for being a humble man. You've always been such a humble man in our marriage. And any any time that I bring a concern to you or something, um, and you've also always been quick to forgive when I have my moments, <laughs> though they be rare. <laughs> but, um, you know, and like Jordan says, you know, I mine is more of the emotions out. His are the emotions in. Mm-hmm. Makes for a good combination. It does. It does. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to our 
prayer requests. I know we have some that people have written in. Um, I first of all, I want to give a praise report. Our friend Brenda, actually a, a dear friend, um, had gone through a lot um, COVID. She was intubated, and it was really not by the world standard looking like a very good situation. But now she is home. She is walking. She is is definitely on the mend. And so we just want to praise God for that, um, just because. And that she said she was witnessing to everyone in her, her hospital, um, and and that's just a really great praise God. So so happy for you. Brenda. That is so amazing. And um, I also want to pray. So I'm going to pray for, I'm going to keep this person anonymous because I just kind of talked to them, uh, you know, in passing, and I don't know if they want me to reveal who they are or not, but um, somebody who wants me to pray for their daughter who um, needs salvation and has kind of gone away. And Lord, I just want to pray for her daughter and all of your sons and daughters, the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter. Um, I think we're seeing that a lot in our culture right now. We're seeing that a lot um, in this day and age, but I really feel like you're bringing, this is a season to bring back what was lost, to restore. So God, I pray you restore this daughter and I pray you restore all of your daughters and your sons. And then I want to pray also for our great friend and listener, Juanita, who says she's sad. And I see that she she is um, actually with us now. So hi, Juanita. Thank you so much for always encouraging us. But we do want to pray on, on our last video you said about being sad. And I just want to pray over you. Um, God's, I know you've got, gone through a lot, a lot. Um, and I just pray for the gladness instead of mourning. I pray for that shawl of the Holy Spirit just to cover you with with that gladness, just to wear his gladness. That's just what I'm seeing for you. So I just pray for God's comfort to surround you. And I pray that as you move into this next season, that you are just going to encounter more of God and, and just joy, unspeakable joy. And, and things, circumstances are changing, but even in the midst of any circumstances, you're just going to count it all as joy because you can't even explain the, the deep relationship you've gotten, the deep place you've gotten with the Lord through these valleys and now going towards the mountaintop. So God, I just pray for Juanita. I pray for her and I pray for for others like her who are going through rough times or just feel sad or have any spirit of depression, we just break that in Jesus' name. Suzanne, who says she's lonely, in Jesus' name, bring her relationships and friends. And God, you are a friend to the friendless. You are the lover of our souls. So bring her your spirit, your your love, God. And for everyone who is going through that same thing, God, for those who are lonely, Lord, just bring, just bind up the brokenhearted. For Sama, who asked for her daughter, and I think she wrote in as well. So um, I'll cover that because I know she, on the on the last um in the last video, she asked for her daughter. So God, I just pray for healing in every single way and restoration in that relationship and restoration in, in every single aspect of her daughter's life and for her as well. I know that can be a burden, God, and I pray, pray you break that burden and break strongholds. And Irfan and Shazad, other um, listeners that we have uh, have had the pleasure of being with us, other videos as well, uh, episodes. God, I just pray for them, whatever they're walking through right now, that you, I know you're with them. Be that comforter that they need, God, and show them your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, also, why don't you add to this, uh, Sama John says, Yeah, that's who for- I just prayed oh, for. Very good. And then Daisy Merzline says, pray for us three, Arthur, A. Vernon, Arthur, 
and Daisy Mersling from Pakistan. All right. And Lord, I pray for Daisy and her family. I pray for Arthur and um, the other Arthur. It looks like there's two of them, I think. I hope I'm getting that right. But God knows, even if I'm getting it wrong, Daisy, I pray for you and your family that you would just feel God's love and anointing over you as you walk into a new season, as you walk in to his abundance. I pray for um, strongholds to be broken. I pray for provision in every single way, for healing and financial provision and um, just an unspeakable joy, as I just talked about, in Jesus' name. And also, Natalie... Agathe says, please pray for my three children that God restores them. And that must be the word today. I've mentioned restore over and over again, and I just feel like it's on my heart. And I feel like it's not just a physical restoration, yes. but, it's, but it's like comprehensive. Yes, yes, yes. And I pray that for Nathalie. I pray for her sons uh, or children. I, I just, maybe they're all sons. I don't know. Sons and daughters. I pray for those three children um, to be restored in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for family restoration there. I pray for financial restoration and physical and spiritual, and just like a whole reboot, a whole uh, new restoration in every single aspect, uh, rebirth in in the spirit and new beginning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Amen. Great job. So this is the most important part of the uh, show here. Kristen, why don't you lead everybody in the call of salvation? Absolutely. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity right now. Or if it's been a long time and you've been that prodigal son, prodigal daughter, this is not an accident that you're watching this right now. It's not. Jesus loves you so much that he is speaking through me right now to tell you that he wants to see you in his kingdom and not just in heaven, but to, for it to start today. So guess what? You All you have to do is just follow after me as I speak, as I pray with you, and then um, definitely let us know if you prayed that prayer. Send us a message or comment on the video so we can help you with the next steps. Are you ready? Here we go. Dear Jesus, I admit that I have sinned. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And I just want to say, I just feel in the spirit, if there's somebody who you say, I let the opportunity slip by, guess what? This is a video. So guess what you can do? You can go back and you have no excuse, my friend, not to accept Jesus as as your Lord and Savior. It's all a matter of the heart. Even if you think you've said the wrong words or whatever, it's just accepting him. Okay. So you can go scrub the video back and say that prayer with me. All right. Great job as always. All right, friends. Good to see you as always. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back soon. Uh, Have a, a very prosperous week. And in the meantime, as always, guys, be blessed and be a blessing. And be humble. And be (laughs) humble, yes. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Jordan and Kristen Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. And remember to tune in next week and every week on Tuesdays at 845 on WMCA The Mission, AM 570 and FM 102.3. Amazing grace.